The rules for retirement are changing, affecting all retirees and future retirees across the U.S. We're taking an in-depth look at the Secure Act 2.0 in today's Market Moment. Welcome to the Mach 1 Market Moment, where we provide financial information on topics such as investing, insurance, financial planning, and everything related to your money. A quick reminder that the hosts of the show are employees of Mach 1 Financial Group. This podcast is for informational purposes only, and nothing said in the show should be taken as investment advice. Employees and clients of Mach 1 Financial Group may maintain positions in the security or strategies discussed. Be sure to subscribe to our show so you never miss an episode. Also, follow us on all of our social media platforms. We are Mach 1 Financial Group on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Welcome to the Mach 1 Market Moment, episode 136, a shaky start to the week for the market as corporate earnings reports are starting to come in. Goldman Sachs reported larger than expected 69% drop in fourth quarter profit. S&P 500 expected to report a 3.9% year-over-year decline in earnings for the fourth quarter, although so far a majority of companies that have reported earnings are beating expectations. So guys, uh kind of rough start to the week Uh, I think everybody's kind of been waiting um, to see how this year starts really as as earnings come out Um, any initial thoughts as we um, start to see some of this data I think everybody has been waiting for earnings to come down Um, I'm not I don't think I'm in the camp that earnings are going to plummet you know I think that certain sectors you know, we saw, you know, third and fourth quarter last year, a lot of the tech sector really was was struggling from an earnings standpoint. Um, you know, I, I, I kind of, I think they're going to come in better than expectations because I think the economy is so strong. The consumer is very strong. Um, you know, financial earnings, financials always lead the earnings parade, if you will. And um, I think if you're just a true bank, Goldman Sachs, is, is a little bit more of a true bank, global bank, um, and they're ref- reflecting some of the slowdowns that we're seeing. Um, a bank like Morgan Stanley that drives a lot or derives a lot of its money or profits from investment activity is having had a great quarter. And mm-hmm. so I think you're going to see that. Um, but it'll be interesting. I think that everybody's wanting to see earnings slow down, but I don't ne- I don't know if we'll necessarily get it. Mm-hmm. One one thing that's encouraging is that we're talking about earnings and we're not talking about interest rates today. <laughs> now we're, we're going to talk about interest rates once that comes back around, but this year is going to be the year that, and I, I want it to be the year that we begin to talk again about what our business is doing, what's happening on the bottom dollar, what is earnings, not what is the fed doing and how is that going to change the, the landscape moving forward? So it's encouraging even just to hear us beginning to talk about earnings again. You know, um, the financial world, the business world is in Davos, Switzerland um, this week. And, you know, there's an optimistic tone um, that I've seen some of the interviews that have come out um, that have happened this morning. And, you know, the ones I've seen, they're cautiously optimistic, I Mm -hmm. should say. I I think that um, they do feel like the Fed, you know, has a little more work to do. But I think that the consensus is it's going to be much tempered down from you know what we saw 
in, in most of mm-hmm. 2022. I mean, if we could just, you know, Siegel came out and said, hey, we've solved inflation, kind of was the headline, one of the headlines. And I think if we could just get back to, you know, if we could get past the headlines of 2022 inflation rising rates, kind of to Eli's point, um, you know, I think that'll be a positive and I think earnings will hold up better than expected. Mm-hmm. And we saw some of the um, multiples compression you know that we needed to see last year and a lot of the names that were just kind of out of control coming out of 2021 and so now i think um, multiples are where they need to be or more in line historically with kind of a a a good place and then if earnings can hold up you know 2022 could prove to be pretty resilient year for the markets Mm -hmm. you know based on everything that's going on so and if you if you look back just to really june so from June until now, and you just look at what the stock market has done from June until now, it's been basically flat. Mm-hmm. It goes up, it goes down. It's basically been flat because we don't know what's going to happen. Most of that multiple compression, what you're talking about, Matt, happened at the beginning of the year. Now we're just waiting to see what are earnings going to do going forward. So hopefully businesses can do what, what you guys are talking about. Get that to where they just keep their earnings at least pretty similar to what they're they're earning right now now goldman sachs <laughs> definitely did not what is it 69 percent down in the fourth yeah, quarter they'll, they'll always be going to be exception so now let's transition to a topic that will be affecting everyone the secure 2.0 act the new law is changing several key components for your retirement savings we're going to break down these and cover some of them today and some some next week yeah there's a lot yeah, there's a lot in here, some good stuff, some stuff that may not be all that impactful, but we saw some positive things coming out of this, which is, you know, it's rare to look at a piece of legislation <laughs> come out of Washington and be like, hey, there's some good stuff in here. And that was that's yeah. kind of the case this time. So first, let's start with some changes that will greatly impact those at or near retirement. As of January 1st, the minimum age for taking a required minimum distribution has increased from 72 to 73 meaning you'll have an extra year to leave your deferred savings alone. So guys, as you remember, you know, going back to the Trump years, the age went from 70 and a half, which it had been for quite a while to the age of 72. So that was a step in the right direction. Just giving, giving retirees, anyone who has money in 401ks or IRAs extra time to leave that money alone and let it grow. If you Mm -hmm. don't need to take it out as income. Um, And now they're adjusting that even further, taking it to age 73 and then I think there's a schedule to take it all the way out to 75 over Correct. a period of over time. The next, over the next two years, I think. It, in 10 years is when it goes is up it? to age 75. Okay. I think it's a yeah. longer period, yeah. Yeah, so it's over a period of years, that, but it, it will eventually get to age 75. So that's a step in the right direction. If you turn 72 in 2022, you must continue taking RMDs as scheduled. So mm-hmm. if you've already started, it's not going to impact you. It's kind of too late. Sorry, you already started. you got to keep it going. Um, penalty for taking – for failing to take the RMD will decrease from 50% to 25%. So really interesting, still painful. We don't recommend not taking your RMD. Right. But that's a, I mean, cutting that penalty in half is pretty substantial. You know, <clears throat> speaking of, of, of this situation, you know, in, in my career, I've had a couple instances where a client or I've known somebody that did not um, take their RMD as they were supposed to. And there's a, tax form, an IRS form that you can basically write in, tell them you're sorry, and they give you a, <laughs> they give you a pass. They don't even yeah. charge you that, but yeah. yeah. 
we, we don't recommend that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Take out what you're supposed to take out, plan ahead. Well, and you know, cause you'll know, you know, every year's RMD is based on the previous ending balance of, as of December 31st, the last year, what was your ending balance? So after the December, December 31st close of the markets, you're going to know your RMD for the upcoming year. So, you know, there's no point in waiting until December 26th Correct. Of, the, of the towards the end of the year mm-hmm. and trying to scramble and get your RMD out. Like take it out sometime throughout the year um, and go ahead and get that taken care of. Another th- interesting thing, Roth accounts in employer retirement plans will be exempt from RMD requirements in 2024. So definitely a step in the right direction on the yeah. RMD side of things. I don't, we have a lot of clients who, you know, they're literally taking the RMDs because they have to, mm-hmm. they don't need the money. Right. And so, this gives a little bit more flexibility to people out there. And that, that one's just catching up because currently you didn't have to take an RMD from a Roth IRA. Now they're saying if you have a Roth 401k and you reach RMD age, you don't have to take RMDs. Correct. It's a it's a good change. There's, yeah. there's nothing bad. More that flexibility. Come from that. Yeah. So, um, well, speaking on nothing bad, a couple cons, <laughs> if you're trying to look at it from a pros and cons perspective, a couple cons that you could, you might take from this would be delaying withdrawal until 73 <laughs> could mean you have a higher balance, right? If your account is growing and so th- therefore your, your RMD might be a little bit higher. So you're delaying it a year, but it could be a little bit l- larger balance. So it could be a little bit larger amount that you're having to take out, mm-hmm. which can affect a lot of things, right? It, depending on where you're at, what total income looks like for you and how you're getting income and where that could affect Medicare premiums. It could fit kind of depending on how close you are to certain thresholds. So just something to be aware of if you're not, a lot of this stuff really gets um, complicated quickly. And so, you know, work with a planner. We focus on planning a lot here at the firm and work with a planner who can help you kind of navigate the, you know, how income affects all kinds of different things like Medicare premiums, right? A lot of people don't even know that or don't really take that into account when they're looking at things like this or doing Roth conversions and how those things can be um, impactful. So so let, let's talk opportunities from this though. So if RMDs are pushed back uh, even just a year to a couple of years here in the future, one, what you just talked about, Roth conversions, that could very specific circumstances that could help us convert some more to Roth while not being forced to convert to Roth. The other thing is the age for qualified charitable distributions didn't change. So if you are giving inclined, yes, your balance could be higher at 73, but if you are giving inclined, meaning you give to church or you give to charities, you can give through a qualified charitable distribution at the age of 70 and a half meaning take some money from your IRA or 401k, move it tax-free, and go give it to a church or charity. That starts at age 70. You can begin that process much earlier than you're forced to take out your RMDs. Yeah, yeah. So some good moves there in terms of the age age changes, a little bit more flexibility for people, um, which is always a good thing. So um, another, another beneficial change is the SECURE Act also allows for higher catch-up contributions for those getting near retirement age. So a catch-up contribution is basically, you know, the the easiest way to describe it is uh, extra money that you get to save to try to catch up later in life, right? I mean, that's how I would describe it. So it's it's for those over the age of 50, you're able to contribute or defer more income into tax-advantaged retirement accounts, such as 401ks, IRAs, and those types of things. So up until now, there's only been a catch-up amount offered for employees 50-plus, 
which is 7,500 for 2023. Starting in 2025, employees six, ages 60 to 63 can make up can make catch-up contributions up to $10,000 annually to a workforce plan. If you weren't already confused, so that, <laughs> now so, you are. Yeah, so that and that amount will kind of adjust with inflation. So there's there's like a catch-up and then there's like a catch-up catch-up. You know, if you the closer you get, you even get a little bit more of a catch-up. So, um, you know, that could be a good thing because that could be really high income years for a lot of people that could give you the ability to defer more of that income at a higher bracket. If, if you're making more money, you know, in your early 60s, kind of right before retirement, you need to save a little bit extra. Um, again, it's not like you have to do it, but it, it, I'm a huge fan of flexibility, and it gives certain people some flexibility there to put some more money aside. So I think that's a big step in the right direction. Um, you know, they increased a lot of the – I think we're going to be sending out some report, or we recently did or will be in the near future, kind of the – adjusted amounts that you can contribute to the all the various types of accounts so we'll be sending that out or posting it on social media and things so for everybody knows what their 2023 yeah just a healthy reminder too if you are working and contributing to a retirement plan it's just a good thing to go and check what's the new limit each year in december Mm -hmm. january say type in google and say 2024 401k max contribution and see what it is because last year for people under 50 it was 20,500 now it's 225 that changes for all retirement plans correct so something good just for your own sake see it in writing know that you can change your contributions effective january 1 yep and then last thing um this is kind of an interesting one there's an emergency savings aspect that was implemented um i don't know if this is all that impactful but again it's creates some flexibility so that's fine i guess uh, but emergency savings plan that um, it's a, it's a quote unquote kind of sidecar account that you can have in a, in a retirement account. Um, a couple, a couple of the details are that you, the account must be invested in a principal protected asset, some kind of fixed account, money, you know, market. money market, yeah. um, can only, can only be Roth funds, just meaning it's post tax funds. So they're not going to be tax deferred and you can only, the contribution limit is 2,500, anything over the 2,500 would then just start going into your ordinary retirement account. So it basically it's like a $2,500 slush fund money market kind of account that you can have within it. And the first four withdrawals that you take in a year would be tax and penalty free switch. You know, it's not tax free. It's post tax money anyways, but you just get it, you can get it out penalty free. Mm-hmm. So I'm celebrating this okay. only because I read a statistic the other day. It was it was a 2022 statistic. So I'm interested to see what this year's is 2023. But it said 60% of Americans don't have $1,000 in their checking or savings. So this to me, granted, it's not a win for most of our client base, but for the people who don't have a thousand dollars in their checking or savings, this is a way to get it there. And how many people, that's exciting. My, my thought on something like this though, is cause you're right. Most people that work with an advisor, this is probably a mute point, not mm-hmm. an issue, right? They have savings that elsewhere. Or so. And for those of you, them, uh, for those client people out there that don't work with an advisor, how many are even going to know that this exists? Th- that's what I was going to yeah. go through the hassle of like setting it up or putting or funding it. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that's my mm-hmm. only issue with something like this is just, is it going to be used? I hope I'm wrong. I mean, I hope yep. people that, that do need it, use it and take advantage of it. But I'm a little skeptical in the practical side of implementation and people using it. One other thing the Secure Act 2.0 did though, was require whenever you start somewhere that they enroll you in their retirement plan. Yeah. Whereas like before 
this year, you had to enroll yourself in most retirement plans. Yeah, right. now, now the default is yeah, you're automatic. You have yeah. to opt out. Yes, you correct. have to choose. I do not want free money. Well, and I think the theme, you know, we're only touching, you know, a small portion of the sur- the new Secure Act is savings. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's retirement. It's you know, you could kind of take it back to Social Security. You know, I mean, everybody wonders how long it's going to last. Well, what they're trying to do is take pressure off of mm-hmm. Social Security. They're trying to, you know, short of allowing everybody to invest their own Social Security funds. You know, that's always been a big hot debate of, <laughs> of whether or not you, you know, privatize that. But, I mean, this is a good step. You know, this legislation kind of got, you know, jammed in there at the very end of the year. You know, you heard a lot of legislatures, congressmen, senators saying we didn't even have a chance to read this bill, blah, blah, blah. And so there was a lot of spending in it. But this is some really good, you know, takeaways mm-hmm. from that bill. And it, it it does affect, like we said at the beginning, you know, literally every American that, you know, whether you're working, whether you're retired, there's some piece of this that will affect you. Yeah. Like Lily said, this was a over a thousand page bill. And just the stuff that relates to what we do in the financial planning space, it was over 300 pages. So we'll probably do a podcast or two more. Yeah, we're going to be talking about it next week for sure. And I'm always a fan of legislation that gives more flexibility and more options and doesn't dictate how something has to be done, right? And a lot of this on the retirement side is just increasing the capacity of what you can do or giving you a few more options. And so Mm -hmm. um, it's not like you're forced to do anything that you haven't been doing up to this point now now just to be fair to our congressmen and senators in washington this part of the bill had been worked on for months i mean we were starting to hear tidbits of this back in the spring of 22 so this part of the legislation was not something they threw together last minute you know last minute so this they just simply tagged it along and, you know, it's good. There's a lot of good that's going to be in this part of it. So we'll see. Yeah. Next week, we'll talk about the automatic enrollment, which we touched on briefly. Option for vesting matching contributions from an employer into Roth accounts. Student loan repayment uh, matching, some flexibility, some cool options there, some things that are that are interesting. So And and maybe a 529 Oh, Roth absolutely. I think plan. that we, we should touch on the 529 Roth um, conversion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, again, we'll kind of continue the conversation next week, which will be a lot of fun. As always... We want to end with a thought of the day. This one is from Hillary DePiano. You can get excited about the future. The past won't mind. As always, we enjoy you listening to the podcast, and we look forward to you joining us next time on the Mach 1 Market Moment. Mach 1 Financial Group, LLC. Mach 1 is an SEC-registered investment advisor located in Bentonville, Arkansas. Mach 1 may only transact business in those states in which it maintains a notice filing or qualifies for an exemption or exclusion from registration requirements. SEC registration does not constitute an endorsement of the firm by the commission, nor does it indicate that the advisor has attained a particular level of skill or ability. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. All investment strategies have the potential for profit or loss. The information presented is the sole opinion of the speaker and is not meant to be investment advice. Mach 1 does not provide tax or legal advice. You should speak to your tax or legal advisor regarding your specific situation. For full disclosures, please visit mach1financial.com disclosures.